0: Welcome to Ministry in Motion, a program where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Derek Morris. And I'm Anthony Kent. Whether you live in India or Indonesia, Norway or
1: Namibia, God wants you to be a great Christian leader.
0: Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader of your Christian fellowship, God wants to use you to impact your world. Today we have the unique opportunity to talk to our co-host Anthony Kent about a vital topic effective pastoral visitation Anthony I remember hearing you give a presentation on effective pastoral visitation in Russia and as I sat there and it seems that there were more than a thousand pastors gathered there I said every pastor needs to hear this presentation it just seems so important and so relevant to pastors. So thanks for sharing with us today.
1: You're very kind, Derek. Thank you. Pastoral visitation, it it is, it's a demanding role in ministry, but it's a very significant one. In recent times, there's been a lot of literature that's been produced on preaching, leadership, on various aspects of ministry, important aspects. I, I don't want to belittle those in any way, but very little literature of recent times has been released on visitation. And really, when you look at the significance of visitation
0: as a biblical concept, it's frequently referred to throughout the Scriptures. Maybe we could start there then, Anthony. What confirms in your mind, as you read through the Bible, that that pastoral visitation should be a priority for ministry?
1: Well, even in the book of Genesis, we, we pick up Genesis chapter three and verse eight, and Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. He was coming to visit with Adam and Eve. And we know that it was initially met with resistance. They, they hid. And at times when we do make pastoral visits or an elder makes a pastoral visit, there is an element of hesitancy there On those receiving the the visit, but nonetheless
0: it's still a thoroughly
1: biblical procedure.
0: And that would be especially important like in that situation where they were in the midst of a crisis. Exactly. And it shows that God didn't
1: delegate an angel or someone else to go and visit this couple in that crisis. Mm. He was really role modeling Mm. the significance and the importance of personal pastoral visitation. And it goes beyond the the times of Eden. If we look at at Moses, he received a very clear visit, a burning bush, an experience on Mount Sinai, again, a, a close
0: pastoral visit with God himself. Now, someone might be listening and paying close attention and saying, well, it sounds like, Anthony, that God's supposed to do the visitation, not us. Do you find any places where Jesus is asking us to visit or or do you just see God doing the visitation? Ah, Thanks for the
1: clarification. When we look in perhaps Luke chapter 19 and the first few verses there we see described Jesus' visit to Jericho and there was a man who was going through something. He was in an uncomfortable state in life and he knew that he needed something. He wasn't respected by the the people in his community. They wouldn't let him, although he was a short man, to be towards the front to, to see Jesus as he moved through town. So he climbed that tree. Sounds like the story of Zacchaeus. Exactly. And if ever there was a cry for help, climbing a tree publicly and visibly, for a man of that so-called standing, financial standing in that community, was a a thorough cry for help. And Jesus recognized it immediately. Zacchaeus, come right down there. There's, There's an immediate call for Zacchaeus to come down here. He he wasn't making, I need to make an appointment with you next week or next time I'm in town. Come down now. I need to visit with you
0: in your home. In your home. So you see Jesus modeling there the importance of uh, personal visitation. Exactly. And it didn't
1: just happen with Zacchaeus. It happened repeatedly. For example, in John chapter 3, Jesus made himself available to others for visitation. Nicodemus came for a personal visit in the middle of the night and he was welcomed by it and blessed by it. In the same way that salvation came to the home of Zacchaeus as a result of Jesus' personal visitation, Nicodemus caught a glimpse of God that he wouldn't have got and it began a series, a a progression in the life of Nicodemus that I doubt that he would have received had he not gone to visit and had Jesus not been available for that personal pastoral visit. And then the very next chapter, John chapter 4, there we have the Samaritan woman by the well. And typically, I have a a touch of an evangelist background. I'm interested in a large gathering and I'd be tempted to think, hey, Lord, Let's hit this well in the morning or in the evening when the, the, there's Big the biggest there. biggest crowds sure. there. But Jesus went in the middle of the day to make a personal pastoral visit to a woman who was definitely in need.
0: Now, there may be a principle there. and We may get ahead of ourselves, but she didn't have a good reputation. He didn't meet her at night in her home. Uh, that's, that's... He, he did meet her in a public place. Is there a lesson there for us? He was by himself,
1: wasn't he? He was, but it was in a a, a very public place that could be viewed by anyone who passed by. So there is a lesson there. And I think it's a a very important lesson that visitation shouldn't take place alone, Uh, that the person conducting the visit, it's a wonderful opportunity for training. A pastor can train an elder, a pastor can train an intern, an experienced elder, can take a less experienced elder on a visit as well. Um, So of course,
0: these are things that should be done in pairs together. So you're seeing lots of uh, biblical examples, not only God visiting people, but uh, Jesus modeling that personal visitation. Absolutely. And the value of going perhaps two by two as Jesus told the disciples to go. We're gonna come back after the break and talk about, okay, God's opened the door and impressed you to go with your wife, perhaps, let's say, as a couple, to visit a family. What are the elements of an effective visit? Some people might just go and talk about sports and then say, well, good seeing you. What, mm-hmm. what are the essential ingredients? I, I know you'll be blessed as you stay with us for Ministry emotion. Motion. If Jesus cared to visit as his father had modeled, we need to be effective visitors too stay tuned for ministry in motion welcome back to ministry in motion today an important topic effective pastoral visitation we have the unique opportunity to talk to our co-host anthony kent anthony I've been blessed by hearing you talk. You have a passion for effective pastoral visitation. You've talked about God visiting, Jesus modeling it. You see it in the New Testament as well. Let's continue looking at modeling of visitation in New Testament times.
1: Sure. Well, the the whole concept of the incarnation, Jesus coming and becoming man, was a visit for humanity. And the New Testament church in its formative years picked this up. Fellowship was a vital ingredient. They, they made contact with each other on a regular daily basis. You can, we can see that regular daily visitation. Like in Acts chapter 2. Exactly. But Paul himself, the apostle Paul, gathered this into his experience as an apostle. Mark Finlay refers to Acts chapter 20, verse 20, as the, the verse in the New Testament with the 2020 vision, because it talks about the importance not only of a public ministry, but a personal ministry, where the apostles taught and visited with people house by house. So it wasn't just the public proclamation, the big events. The New Testament also carefully captures the importance of that home and personal work as well.
0: So let's get practical, and be, I know that in Acts 20, it doesn't tell us exactly what they did, but we've learned from experience, we've lear- listened to counsel of others. Have you come up with some essential components of if, an effective pastoral visit? By all means. Some of the essential things, are
1: reasonably obvious, but we, we can be intimidated in, in some senses to delete these from a visit. For example, a pastor making a visit in a sense is doing exegesis of his flock. Not just exegesis of the text but carefully examining the spiritual condition of the people in the the fellowship of the church. So
0: the pastor is coming to learn Exactly. Uh, to learn the spiritual, maybe even emotional, financial condition of the family? Exactly. And
1: there are certain exegetical questions that we ask. In the same way, when we're exploring our Bibles, we ask questions of the text. And it's not inappropriate to ask certain questions of the people that we're visiting. At times, we can ask them general, non-threatening questions. If I can say this right at the beginning, I'd be nervous to ask a question that begins with why. Because a why, can, a why question can immediately set up a barrier and be like an inquisition in some respects. We're not going there to intimidate our members or church members or anything like that. We're wanting to go and help them, learn
0: from them, And and grow with them. So what would be a good question to begin with rather than why uh, as a uh, first word? Well obviously asking and inquiring after their health. How are things going? How are things? So an open-ended question. Exactly. Not a yes, no, you're doing well aren't you, loaded question. Yes and again
1: looking for things like body language, Mm -hmm. um, facial gestures, tone of voice and seeing if that is congruent with the comments
0: that are being made. All right, so you're listening carefully to the, to the whole body communication, not just the words. They might say, I'm doing fine. Exactly. And that doesn't, that doesn't really mean that they're doing fine.
1: Yeah, and this, this gives us,
0: this shows the benefit of actually visiting in person. Seeing them with your eyes, even better than on the phone. Yeah. Certainly yeah. better than an email. And, and a text.
1: Now, all of these forms of communication are helpful and valuable in their place. But nothing quite like, nothing replaces a, a, a pastoral visit in terms of doing that, that exegesis of the person.
0: You know, I was thinking of the Apostle Paul, where he said, uh, he's writing to them, yes. but he says, I'd really like to be with you in person. Exactly, yeah. And, and
1: then after checking, are they doing okay? Mm-hmm. All's well. probing gently. We're not there, as I mentioned before, we're not there to to do an inquisition, but to probe gently exactly how are these people doing spiritually. I, I like this, there's a favorite question I love to ask and that is, is there something that you've discovered that's really excited you recently in your devotional time?
0: Okay, so that lets you know whether they're having devotional time Yes. It also gives them an opportunity to share?
1: That's right. Not only does it reveal whether they are having a devotional time, but it really reveals whether it's an effective devotional time. Mm. Is there some, some teaching that you can offer about how to have a meaningful devotional time?
0: Well, I'm hearing you say you're moving beyond even asking how's their health and how are things going with your family. That, that an effective pastoral visit includes concern about the spiritual well-being of the family. That's right, that's right. And it's also,
1: it's exploring their relationship with God. Hmm. How, how are things with their God? Um, are there things, do they have dreams that they would like to do with God? Hmm. Are, they, are they praying over certain things that they, they wish would see happen? As a pastor, it's important to know the dreams of, of those in our churches because God works through these dreams and visions in any day and age, but particularly in this day and age. And we need to be aware and tapping into the dreams and, and visions of our people, where, where they want to go, what
0: they would like to see happen with their God. Do you see a place for reading scripture or prayer? Are there any other components besides asking questions, seeing how they're doing spiritually?
1: Well, it's it's a matter of doing a diagnosis in a sense and allowing that to to lead. Um, of course, prayer is a vital ingredient. We all love to be prayed for, and it's a wonderful opportunity to to engage in prayer and pray for somebody. And it, for the, for the church member to know that their pastor is praying for them and concerned for them, mm-hmm. it sends a message. The fact that a pastor would take the time or an elder would take the time to spiritually minister to an individual or to a family, that's, that's significant and it sends an important
0: message. You know, these are practical lessons. If, if you've just walked into a house and walked out and said, well, have a great day, but no time to listen to the heart of the person, no, mm-hmm. no uh, concern about their spiritual well-being, no time to pray a blessing for the home. Sounds like you've missed a great opportunity. When we come back after our break, we'll talk about why pastoral visitation is so passionate for Anthony. Stay tuned, Ministry in Motion. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're in the midst of an important conversation about effective pastoral visitation. We have the unique opportunity talking to our co-host, Anthony Kent. Anthony, thanks for being our guest today, as well as a co-host. Important insights you've shared about a biblical foundation for visitation and some key elements Let's talk about the length of a visit. Mm. There may be some visits that are longer, some of necessity might be quite brief. What is an appropriate length for an effective pastoral visit?
1: Well, I can remember a mentor I had a number of years ago. He made the comment that a a pastoral visit of eternal significance doesn't have to be eternal. So an effective pastoral visit doesn't have to be a long visit. A, a short, succinct visit can be very effective, for example, uh, a hospital visit if a person is ill and in pain, sure they need to know that they're being prayed for and and people are, are caring for them but but they don't need the the elder or the pastor there for a, an unduly ninety long
0: seconds of time. might be a a very Pre- meaningful precisely. a visit of eternal consequence, as you say
1: yeah, but you know there's been other examples I made a visit in the last two months that actually spanned five hours. I didn't expect it to go that long. But one thing led to another, there were many tears and it was a very significant visit. And I didn't feel as though I'd overstayed. It was an important visit and one that I'd make again if if the opportunity arose.
0: It sounds like you assess each situation based on the particular need at that time.
1: Of course, being sensitive to the needs and uh, the, the, the level of the level of yeah, the, the level of need of the person because I I often think back to the the golden years of evangelism of all things in Australia and that took the, the golden years looking back occurred when visitation drove the public outreach.
0: Now, for people who don't know you well, you actually grew up in Australia.
1: Guilty, yes. so, well
0: I don't know if you're guilty, but uh, so you saw this. You saw that visitation was a key component of evangelistic ministry.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I can remember as, as a child receiving a pastoral visit, and uh, it was an extraordinary visit. I was blessed to grow up in a, in a good Christian home. I always knew that my father and mother married each other, married each other, loved each other. That the their relationship was Gibraltar. For
0: but, those who don't know what Gibraltar is, that's a solid rock. That's right. right. So you had a strong, stable family. Exactly, and it was a good, wholesome
1: Christian family. But even good Christian families go through difficult times. And our family was going through a difficult time. I didn't know all the details of the difficulty. I was just a young child, but I knew that things weren't quite right. Mm. And it was, it was uneasy as a child to, to actually experience that in the family. I sensed and I noticed my mother was crying more than normally. Mm. The house wasn't as tidy as it normally was. The family just wasn't functioning like a well-oiled machine that, that I was accustomed to. And I'll never forget the evening, my mother and I were home alone that dark winter's night and there was a knock at the front door. And I'll never forget the, the eyes on my mother's, they, she was just not prepared for a visit. If it was a neighbor coming for a, to borrow a cup of flour, they come, came to the back door. But somebody was coming to the front door. We opened it and it was a young pastor, Pastor Eric. Mum was embarrassed. I was embarrassed, but we invited him in. And I'll never forget, the lounge room wasn't as tidy as what we all would have liked. I I came home from school and I left my dirty socks on the the carpet. And to try and hide them, I went and sat on the socks trying to make everything look good. Yeah, yeah. And this Pastor Eric was so gentle and so kind and so caring. Hmm. He asked sensitive, well-worded, exegetical questions. Mm-hmm. And I can remember my mum said, Anthony, take those socks that you're sitting on, those dirty socks you're sitting on, and put them in the wash and go and clean your teeth and get ready for bed and then hop into bed.
0: She needed a little private time.
1: She, she needed some time with, with Pastor Eric. And they talked, and it wasn't long, and mum came in and she kissed me goodnight. And she actually said, come out, we're going to pray together with mm-hmm. Pastor Eric. Mm. And he, he left, he left soon after the prayer. You know, that changed things in our family. Wonderful. It was, it, it meant so much to our family. And that taught me even at the youngest age, the value of a, of a pastoral visit. And it came from a young pastor who didn't have decades of experience. At that stage, he was still an intern. And you know something? That means he was just in his early years of ministry. Exactly. And I've always had a warmth from mm-hmm. that same pastor to be a colleague years later. You know, I'd certainly go out of my way to, to assist him. It was, it was a wonderful caring ministry that I received.
0: It sounds like it not only blessed your family, but it shaped your ministry. It did. Even though you were a little boy back then, it did. that caring, effective pastoral visit impacted your life and, and now through ministry in motion yeah. could impact thousands of pastors around the world.
1: That's right. And it, it really set the tone for a lot of my ministry. I can remember making a visit to a young married woman with her husband. Her father had died, what what I would say, at a, a young age, and to be able to visit with her, and it wasn't my doing, but it was, it was following the biblical principles of visitation. Right. To see the healing that came into the young woman's life and to see the ministry that she was able to engage in in the local church, that was a, an extraordinary
0: experience for me, one that I learned a great deal from as well. This has been a powerful discussion, effective pastoral visitation you may say i need to go back and listen to this program again, to watch it again and you can do that it's posted on our website at ministryinmotion.tv perhaps you'd like to bring a group of pastors together or maybe some lay leaders train them in visitation you can download the program burn it onto a dvd play it in a group Imagine what would happen if with the love of God in our hearts, we went out house to house, as it says in Acts 20 and verse 20, bringing the love of Jesus to a hurting world. Well, Anthony, thanks for sharing with us today. And thank you for joining us for Ministry in Motion. You can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. Other resources are available for you there. May God bless you in your ministry for him.